Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. While it was still dark, the most glorious day of history, Easter Sunday, begins first in total darkness. Before the trumpets sounding, there was silence in the air. Before shouts of alleluia, there were whispers of confusion. Before the glory of a chorus or a full band, there was the heavy breath of one woman. One woman, Mary, John tells us, was seeking answers and peace. Her teacher, her savior, her Lord has died and she is going to mourn him at the tomb. And nothing about this day was how Mary expected it to be. She couldn't check the calendar, the DISD calendar, to see when Easter fell this year. And she didn't get the text alert that I got this morning with confetti emoji that said he is risen. Would have helped a sister out if, if Mary would have gotten the alert. But remember, she didn't know this was going to happen. Nothing was as it was expected to be. And what's so important to realize is that it was the darkness of her grief that led her to the tomb. The kind of grief that wakes you up in the middle of the night with a throbbing heart, that inconsolable grief that requires you to pace around the hospital waiting room because if you sit down for one minute longer, you're going to go crazy. So she walked, she had to walk, she was grieving. Where else could she go? She had to go to the place where they had laid him, thinking, well, surely he was still laying there. At least she could be with where his remains laid. So she walked, but not in the newness of life. She walked in the shadows of death, alone. She went to the tomb alone. She wouldn't end up alone, but she started in her aloneness, in her grief, in her darkness. And don't we all start there sometimes? I knew I really was becoming a pastor a few years ago. Um, I was serving a church in Arkansas in a rural area, and I got a phone call one morning, and it was from the local fire department. And it was early in the morning while it was still dark. And they said, ma'am, we would like you to know that John has been in an accident. John was one of my beloved congregants at the church I was serving. And John lived alone in a trailer just about a mile from our church. And he struggled with poverty and intellectual disabilities. And the fire department told me that his, his trailer had caught fire. And he had been badly burned. And it was still dark. I drove to Memphis later that day and visited John in the ICU, and I saw terrible wounds on his body. Over the next few months, I watched the body of Christ, my local church, rise to surround John in care. Resurrection was stirring. Charles and Susan drove to Memphis almost every day to visit John in the hospital. And after several complex skin graft surgeries, John began to miraculously beat the odds and recovered. We would help him secure his bandages to protect his new skin. 
And his linen wrappings that the gospel often mentions, John's linen wrappings were pretty important to his healing, to his recovery, to his experience of resurrection. John had begun his journey alone, but the resurrection journey brought him into community with others. We start alone at the tomb, but my friends, we don't end alone. We end our journey with Christ in community. When Mary saw that the stone had been removed, she knew she could not face this moment alone. She ran to tell others. She's really the first preacher of the good news in some ways. She's probably sure that his body has been stolen, but she's not, she doesn't know what's going on. And John and Simon Peter take off running towards the tomb Racing each other like stinkers. But my friends, witnessing the resurrection is not a competition. Nothing about faith is a competition. Even though we'll often try to make it one, trying to race to the tomb, I can beat you there. But the empty tomb is not a final destination where, our, where we stop, where we arrive, where we say hallelujah, and then we go home and it's all over. This day, this Easter Sunday, oh friends, it's just the beginning. It's the beginning of our race. So they go to the tomb, they all come back and they see these linen wrappings lying there. And this is evidence of something strange. Could, could it be? Could he still be alive? They were scared to death and then surprised by life. It's a mysterious moment, and if you try to wrap your head around the logistics of the resurrection, you're not going to get very far. It's not something that we mentally understand. But this moment is, is, is one where they all met in and where two or more gathered, scripture tells us there is God too. And God was there with them, but God showed up differently. God has always sought us out first in the darkness. The beginning of creation, the spirit that hovered above the waters in the darkness. The darkness of the womb that bore Jesus. The darkness of the tomb before the glory of resurrection. As we celebrate Easter today, we can bring all of ourselves to this day. We can bring our grief. We can bring the darkness of the world and the darkness of our own lives. But then we wait and we allow ourselves to be curious. We allow ourselves to imagine what's possible when God shows up and transforms everything. We can wait for the light to burst in. While it was still dark, Jesus dared to rise and bring us healing. It's the kind of strange healing that heals John's third degree burns and restores relationships and changes communities and sustains marriages and challenges oppressive legislation and energizes tired souls. 
And it's the kind of resurrection energy that will lead us, life in Deep Ellum, forward into the future. Resurrection is kind of part of our story in more ways than one, not just the, the story of Jesus' resurrection. We have always loved this story at Life in Deep Ellum, so much so that at one point our name was Resurrection Center, and I have heard rumors that there was a resurrection coffee, which much have, must have been very caffeinated. <laughs> This story of resurrection has been with us, and it will carry us forward into a new chapter, into a new era. And the one thing it will always do is bring us to each other. Sometimes we will bandage each other up, and sometimes we will set each other free. Resurrection is so strange and so holy that we have no other choice but to run towards each other and shout out our questions and disbelief and confusion. We lose our pride and our ego when resurrection happens because we aren't the center of the story. Jesus is. Sin falls away, death loses its sting. Hope is made alive again. So much of Christianity has focused on the saving power of the cross. And the cross is an important part of our salvation. Hear me say that. But we are also saved by Christ's resurrection. Did you know that? In his raised life, we find new life. And so... As we come to the conclusion of this meditation, I invite you to remember that our journey is just beginning. There may be places in your life where you're still feeling the sting of death. You're waiting in the tomb. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. You're still grieving. God is with you. Some of you may be running towards the tomb, excited for what's next. Some of you may still have tears in your eyes. Some of you may have shouts of hallelujah. All of it is important because all of it is what happens when we, as followers of Jesus, witness the resurrection together. We bring all of ourselves, our shock, our disbelief, our grief, our confusion, our can it be? Bring it all to the tomb. Because guess what? The stone has been rolled away. Death doesn't have the final word. Death has lost its sting. Sin has lost its power. And the most important part is that we get to participate in this resurrection, my friends. It's not just something that happened. It is something that keeps happening in us. And if we missed that part, oh, we missed out on the whole thing. We really did. 
if we don't keep it going in our own lives and hearts, he is risen. And so we are rising. He is literally and figuratively. He is, uh, you can repeat after me. He is transformed. And so we are transforming. He is alive. And so we are living. He walked again. And so we are walking. Walking into newness of life. He's alive. He's alive. He's really, really alive. Death is not the end, my friends. Just when we thought it was all over, when we thought that death had power, when we thought we had to face this life alone and stay in the shadow of the valley, the sun came up, leaving linen wrappings on the ground, the sun came up indeed. Hallelujah! thanks be to God. Scared to move and walk out of the tomb Buried underneath the lies that you believe Safe and sound, stuck in the ground Too lost to be found You're just asleep And it's time to leave Come on, rise up, take a breath You're alive now Can't you feel the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus, you're brand new. The power of death couldn't hold you. Can't you see the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus. When he said your name, the thing that filled your veins. More than blood, it's the kind of love that washes sin away. Now the door is open wide, and the stone's been rolled aside. The old is gone, the light has come, so come on and rise up. Take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you see the voice of Jesus? 
shout.